obviously you showed up at, at a night called the Unforsaken Women. So you know I'm going to preach to you and I'm going to tell you you're not forsaken, right? You're not forsaken. Unforsaken means not forsaken. I don't care how we feel. I don't care how alone we feel, how drastically abandoned sometimes we feel in our situation. I'm here to tell you tonight, you are unforsaken. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. Never, no, never. It actually translates like that. He's not only not going to leave you and not forsake you, he won't desert you in your joys or your troubles. No matter how distant we feel from him, he sees you. God's eyes are on you and his ears are attentive to your eyes. Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you. We thank you for this beautiful night with all of these women here gathered in your name, Lord. This is all about you, Jesus. Only about you, always going to be about you. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> So my family comes over for Sunday dinner a lot. When I say my family, I don't mean just my family. I mean my extended family, okay? So I'm one of seven kids, So and we all live here. So all of the kids, the grandbabies, all of my parents, my in-laws, they're over for Sunday dinner, so it's usually about 40 to 50 people for Sunday dinner at my house. And when God gave us a lot of land, I think it wasn't just for the land. I think it was for the parking.
This is how fast this was. Cheryl's, you know, sis. Sis is Cheryl. That's who sis is, okay? So sis is with, with Zeke, and she said, oh, yeah, honey, where were you? You were over here. You were over by the chicken coop, and then you were where? You were you, you were over here by the swing set, and then I, and I look down, and I see the key. And I go, and then you were here, Zeke? And Cheryl's like, dear Jesus, thank you all. You can ask God for anything. He sees you. He's right here. He's right here. This is not the first time I've asked God for his eyes. This is not the first time. Every time something is lost, jewelry, money, cell phones, come on now, right? Keys, the remote. I'm like, Lord, give me your eyes. Dogs. Seriously. Yes, wedding rings. So, my sister has, um, she's so awesome. She has dogs and she sometimes has litters of puppies and Australian shepherds. And, and so, um, I remember this is the first time I asked God for his eyes. So, she, she had been to one of her son's games. He was FSU football player, so they went up to FSU to one of his games to watch him. And at home, two of the older boys didn't go to the game this time, and they had an Australian shepherd that had just had puppies, and she had just really weaned the puppies that she, they're just starting food, but they're still nursing little. And I think that, that mama was ready for a date night, if you know what I mean. That puppy was sick of nursing, right? So one of the boys left the door open, and Lana took off. And when I say took off, she was all over town. She was all over town. So Annie got word from the boys. They're like, Mom, Lana's missing. And she's like, what? Like, she has puppies to feed, right? So Annie contacts our family in our family group chat. Everybody have one of those, right? Those are fun, right? And Annie says, Lana's missing. We're still two hours from home. I'm, you know, and so me and Tommy had nothing to do that night. So I was like, Dave, let's go to Leesburg and start looking for Lana, right? So we get in the car and we drive down and we're helping two of the other boys. We're like, give us a picture. We gotta make a flyer, right? And we're just, that's old school, right? We do flyers, right? So I'm like, we got flyers, we're knocking on doors, we're asking people about the dog. We're like, okay, she's, you know, she's got puppies, we need to find her. And you know, other people are like, I mind this ain't nobody saw, right? Nobody knew where she was. But throughout the night, you know, you can put it on these Facebook pages, lost animals, right? So Andy put it out there that her dog was missing, and as they're driving home, we had looked for hours into the dark, and, so, and we were telling like, we need to go home, right? So Annie got back, her family looked for a while, and it's getting too dark, and she says, we just got to start in the morning, right? And you know you don't sleep, right? So the next morning, we're getting ready for church, and I was like, Tommy, I think we need to go look for the dog. And I'm going to tell you all this, I'm not advocating skip church, go look for the dog, and that's what we did, okay? I skipped church because I felt like this is a supernatural thing. I feel like we're supposed to go help look for the dog. So all over town, people were like, we think we saw her, but we, we said her name, and she would take off, right? And she was scared. So the last post said something like she was way on the southern side of town near this state park. So... When we got up, we said, Annie, we're coming to help you. And she's like, oh my gosh, you're coming. Do you know what happened? We're like, yes, we want to. 
So we meet at this state park. And by this time, this dog could be in Georgia, right? Right? But I said, let's all go on feet. Let's just start walking. And, and so we see this one spot. There's Annie. <laughs> so we, we see this one sign that says no more motor vehicles. And then I just, in my spirit, was like, dogs can't read, right? Dogs can't read. We're going down this road. So I see Tommy being like, ugh. Like this is, here we go. We're walking down this road. And I said, I had seen a preacher on TV or something say, ask God for his eyes. And, and I thought, I'm going to try this. And I was like, Lord, show me Lana. Show me where she is. And I'm thinking that's going to give you a vision, right? Of like across town at the Walmart or something, right? And I opened my eyes, looked to my right, Australian Shepherd. And I, I'm like this, I go, Lana! Like, that could be any dog, but it's got to be Lana, right? She turned at me, and then that dog darted into the woods. <laughs> and I got on my phone, and I'm like, hey! I just got for his eyes, I just got for his eyes! She's in this park, she's in this park, and I'm bawling because it was God. It was God. So, I thought in 10 minutes we'd be back with her and be like, reunited, and it feels so good, but she did it all day. All day, we would see her campers, and she'd come for some bacon, and she'd dart off, right? She just was scared. She'd been traveling all night, and she didn't see the people, and she just kept running until later in the day, Danny and Clay, her husband Clay, she came into a clearing, and they were able, she got eyes on them, and she ran to them. And we, that was the reunited part. I should have said that, right? But y'all, all our faith grew that day. All our faith grew that day. I asked God for his eyes, and he gave me his eyes. We saw with God's eyes that day because he had his eyes on her the whole time. He had his eyes on us the whole time. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. Do you know he hears you? He hears you. Your prayers are not bouncing off the ceiling in your bedroom. They're not. He hears you. He's working as we're waiting. Hebrews 4.13 says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. He sees our joys. He sees our struggles. He sees our weakness. He sees our pain. He sees our patient days. He sees our hormonal days. He sees us. Jeremiah 23, 23 says, Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth? I have to admit, on my anxious days, on my days that my anxiety gets the best of me, those are the days I forget he's watching me. Those are the days I forget I carry Christ. I know you're like, you're the pastor of Unforsaken Women. You probably should remember your 
I'm forsaken, right? But I forget. I forget. We all do. We remember what we're supposed to forget, and we forget what we're supposed to remember. That's what we do. We're supposed to remember that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We're supposed to remember we're joint heirs with Christ. We're supposed to remember that we are children of God. That we're guaranteed heaven someday. We forget we're sealed with the Holy Spirit and the enemy has no power over us. We forget that we are bought off that slave block of sin. And those hurts, those habits, those hang-ups. We forget that they have no power over us, only what we give them. Amen? Amen? We forget we don't have to be anxious about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, we can present our request to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds. We forget who we are and we forget whose we are. We forget when our flesh rises up. We forget we're filled with the fruits of the Spirit sometimes. We forget that we're filled with joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Oh, Lord, we forget we have self-control. When we forget he's watching us, those fruits of the Spirit, they lay dormant like they're non-existent. But they're there, y'all. They're there because you're unforsaken. He didn't leave and his fruits did not leave. We just need to wake them up. Amen? Our overactive forgetter gets us into trouble emotionally. We get into trouble when we forget that our spouses are not the enemy. They're not the enemy. But Satan loves to get you tired or moody or burnt out so that we, we can look at our spouse like he's the enemy. Because we've forgotten in Ephesians 6.22, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil. Choosing to read. 
remember we're not alone. And remembering he sees us and he's in us, that's how we stay in peace. That's how we stay in peace. I've sent the Lord always. Somebody say always. Always. Always before me. How do we do what the psalmist says and set the Lord always before us? That screams relationship to me. Relationship. We can't help but be in relationship with people who are in close proximity to us. The people under our roof should be the people we are the closest to. That should be it, y'all. We have to make the Lord our we have to make the Lord our home in order to develop a true, lasting, personal relationship with Him. A relationship that helps us to remember He's with us, He's in us, He can see us, He's watching us. How do we keep the Lord always before us? By following Psalm 91.1. He that dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Dwell. That word dwell. Dwell means stay. Stay. Dwell means rest. Dwell means abide. Think of the word abide. Think of abode. That's a home. You live there. You don't move. Dwell means live. When we live under God's protective wing and we don't move, we find rest. He's here. He's in this place. He's in this room because you carried him in and I carried him in. He's inside us. Oswald Chambers says, Notion your mind with the idea that God is there. If once the mind is notioned along that line, then when you're in difficulties, it's as easy as breathing to remember, why my father already knows about it. It's not an effort. It comes naturally when perplexities press. Before, you used to go to this person and that, but now the notion of the divine control is forming so powerfully in you, you go to God about it. You go to God about it. That's how we remember he's there. That's how we set him before us. We go to God about it. When you're sick, you go to God about it first. When you're depressed, you go to God about it first. When you're in financial trouble, you go to God about it first. When you're exhausted, you go to God about it. When you're scared, you go to God about it. When you're anxious, you go to God about it. Notion your mind with the idea he's there. He's watching you. He sees you in a crowd. He sees you when you're all alone. He sees you in the middle of the day at Walmart when people are freaking you out, right? And then he sees us in the middle of the night when our own thoughts are freaking us out. He's with us. He's in us. He sees us. Turn to your neighbor and say, when you fear, Holy Spirit's here. Say it to yourself again right now. When you fear, Holy Spirit is here. I've set the Lord always before me. He's at my right hand. I will not be shaken. My mom and dad just took a trip to New York. They went to go to a funeral of a good friend. My husband Tommy took them to the airport. 
And um, it was the middle of the day, so he took them and then he went back to his office. And when he got back to the office, he went to go get in the back seat to get his briefcase out, and he saw a little garment bag. And he's like, oh no. He ends up said, my mom's medicine. All my mom's medicine is in this bag, right? So Tommy calls me and he's like, oh, your parents left a bag in the back. It's your mom's medicine. And I'm like, oh gosh, Tommy, she needs that medicine. He's like, yep. And he's like, and I know I got to go back to the airport. And I'm like, is there time? He goes, oh yeah, they needed to be there three hours early. You know, you know, thank God, right? So he's like, I got to go back to the airport. He goes, but mom, your parents won't answer the phone. Neither one of them. Because I think what happened is they got to an airport, so they put it on airport mode. Right? Airplane mode? And then it's like, oh, switch to airplane mode, right? So he's like, I cannot get in touch with them to let them know. I keep trying to call. And I'm like, okay, okay, let me just think. Okay, Tommy, you go. Just keep going. Drive back. I'm sorry you gotta go back, but I'll keep trying to call. I'll keep trying to call them and see if we can get a hold of them. And I'm like, and I'm sitting here and I'm talking to God, and I'm like, God, how's he gonna get to you? He's gonna get through security. Half this stuff is controlled substances, right? I mean, this is stuff that only my mom's supposed to be holding, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, how's he gonna do this? Get this to them before they take off? And I'm like, I'm like, okay, Lord, please let them answer. Right? Nothing, nothing, straight to voicemail, straight to voicemail. And I'm just like, and I sat there and I was like, Lord. And God says, Randy. And I'm like, Randy! Right? My brother-in-law, Randy, he's a Delta mechanic. He works at the airport. And I was like, oh. So I'm like, okay, okay. So I call Tommy and go, maybe Randy can meet you up front. You don't even have to pull around. Rand can get through clearance and get things to mom and dad. And and because they're never gonna answer their phone, Tommy. They're never gonna answer their phone. He's like, okay. So I call my sister Shar and I'm like, Shar, please tell me Randy had to work today. Please tell me. She's like, yeah, he's at work. And I go, mom left her medicine in the car. She's like, no, right? And I'm like, please tell Randy he's got to meet Tommy out front. He's got to get the medicines to, like through security, do all this stuff to mom. Shar's like, got it. I'm calling him. Randy made it, right? Made it to my parents. Made it to the guy. Got her medicine. I think they still had like three hours left to get <laughs> He sees you. 